trying to see if anything important is popping up. Any Russian threats? No. Uh, no, not that I've seen. Let's let's take a look. Let's see what the email says. No, I don't see anything. No, no Russians, except Kaspersky, <laughs> saying that my subscription renewal went through for my security. Yes, Mr. Robinson, your description renewal was successful. Dear William Robinson, we are pleased to tell you that your Kaspersky Internet Security subscription has been automatically renewed. Your award-winning Kaspersky Lab protection has been extended for another glorious subscription term, and no further action is required. Thank you once again for your money. <laughs> Sounds no, a little, you little fishy to me. <laughs> You don't, you don't, you don't like my Russian, my Russian voice? No. It works a little too well. Yes, the secret agent, William Robinsky. I am William Robinsky. You are my Italian connection, the Pospitoro. No, I think I will do the whole show in this Russian accent. No. I think think people will not listen. I think you will crack first, my my friend. I've already cracked. It's done. You'll be like, stop it, stop it. I can't take it anymore. You're killing me with this Russian bogus bullshit. I've heard better impression from, uh, how, how do you say, uh, that show with the moose and the squirrel. Uh, the well, that, was, that was legitimate Russian. <laughs> You're not convincing me otherwise on that. Uh, moose and squirrel. Yeah, I'm doing Boris, but more of a not over the top, more of the subdued Russian gangster who who is secure in the knowledge that he will not go to prison. That is because guys will take care of all the witnesses before he goes. But then, uh, you know, once the how do you say the feds figure out my scheme, then I will crack like a bitch and uh, crumble. Uh, how you say like cookie? Yeah. <laughs> I I hope all this goes into the preamble because I hate to think I wasted all this good material for nothing. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> my little my little babushka. Or is it bublichka? Hey, I'm the Russian. Shut up. <laughs> yet. Yet, yet. Yeah, I'll give you a nap right upside the head. So do you have a comic today? I have nothing. You have nothing. Your your bookless bourgeoisie bill. <laughs> I am book bookless bookless. How you say without book bill? Well, I am with with book, Paul. We have not done proper intro to show. Go ahead, bring it in. Hello and welcome to Back to the Beans. Wait, now I sound like Dracula. I just lost the whole thing. <laughs> you you weren't doing Romanian that whole time. Nine. Well, no. Whoops. That was. That was <laughs> That was German. <laughs> and now, it's time to sit back and enjoy The Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Stop it! Genesis! Oh, what's 
in the box! Disenfranchised by the modern comics industry, producer Paul Spataro, Dr. Bill Robinson, and Scott H. Gardner now ply the time stream in a never-ending quest to rediscover and reconnect with that unique brand of fun and excitement that can only truly be found in good old-fashioned, randomly selected comic book back issues. Journey with them now. Back. Back to the bins. I got nowhere else to go! I got nowhere else to go! I got nothing else. So, hello and welcome to Back... Man, that was like really Dracula. Hello, welcome to Back to the Bins. Blah, blah. I want to take your comics. You are the Bill Robinson. <laughs> the, and you are the Paul Spataro. And now I'm Christopher Walken doing Dracula. Whoa, that sucks. <laughs> My jokes are horrible. I'm nothing but dad jokes anymore. Anyway, welcome to Back in the Bins. Hey, here we are. Yeah. Look, who's back? Assistant editors are all gone. What? This isn't going to come out till after assistant editors? It's just us. Ah, jeez. And Chewie. Get off my plane, Chewie. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Nothing? Nothing for that great Harrison Ford? All right, it wasn't great. It It was, you know, I could do better. I'll wait while you text And through the through the magic of uh, editing, this editing, never happened. Yeah, this this not either it never happened or it seemed like I was exceedingly quick and that you were impatient. Ah, mm. uh, what are you rushing make... me for? <laughs> because I am Russian. <laughs> hey, we we'll come back to the original gag. Eh? No, how do you say uh, full circle? Anyway, I would like to. Give a happy and heartwarming welcome back to all of our listeners who have been enduring. I mean, listening to all the people who have submitted. No, I'm making fun. I, I kid, I kid. Uh, I would just like to say to our listeners, thank you for sticking in with us. Those of you that are still out there, Russell, Kyle, um, <laughs> um, Kurt. <laughs> Love That's you guys. <laughs> so... Uh, I know the three of you will be enjoying all of the programs that we send out. That's about it, though. So I just our three listeners. Our three listeners. Well, no, there's there's many people that listen and interact. I know Christopher J. Warden. He listens and interacts because I talk with him on Facebook here and there. Here so, and there. They're in here. They're in here. Oh, no. It's the Russians. Again. Um, just keep circling back to that. Yeah, down the drain. But no, uh, I'm I'm hoping that uh, uh, I just want to say to the listeners, uh, I've had a lot going on the past few months, and I'm hoping now I can get back on track and dedicate some more time that I have not had to back to the bins and to podcasting. And you know what? Maybe I'll bring a book, but not tonight. Hey, things wanna... didn't work out that well. Wouldn't want to break break my streak. But I'll have to start a new streak of actually bringing books. But tonight we're only going to cover some email and Paul's book. 
my book, which I'm taking the shortcut on anyway, and I'm doing the uh, the synopsis from uh, Marvel Wiki. Schnopsis. Schnopsis. I, mean, I haven't had schnapps in a long time. I'm trying to think the last time I had schnapps. I don't remember for me. It was peach schnapps. I do know that. That was always my go-to drink. Peach schnapps, orange juice, and vodka. I called it the really fuzzy navel. Because peach schnapps and orange juice is a fuzzy navel. Ew. Maybe I called it the Russian navel. No. <laughs> now, wait a minute. So, I'm looking at the book you brought. Yes. Oh, there's it's, no... It's a biggie. Well, yeah, but it... Uh... It's an important one. Is it just 22 pages? Oh, because there's no ads. That's what's throwing me off. Because it doesn't say, like, the end or next time. It's just stops. So. Next time. Next time. Wait, that's not this show. Next time on an all-new uh, Back to the Bins, we will have, uh, maybe we'll have Scott Gardner. Hmm. Wait, suddenly I'll be, if he's not on so, assignment. Suddenly I'm in the Mexican cartel. Eh? What do you think, gringo? <laughs> this is this is Dr. Bill tests out all his uh, crazy, wacky voices and accents. Hey, hey, hey. It's the 70 DJs, Dr. Bill, coming at you. Or you could do I've had way too much caffeine. 70s DJ, you probably should go to Wolfman Jack. Oh, no, because I... Wolfman Jack, baby. I would, but I've got something going on in my neck. <laughs> and I don't know if I can... Is it the Wolfman? Maybe I could do that, but no. Everybody's going, just either do some emails or start to show you boobs. So, I brought Daredevil number 220, which is cover dated July of 1985. It's got a uh, cover by David Mazzuchelli, and it's pretty cool. It kind of shows Daredevil in a, with a foggy background, a lot of Zipatone used here. Uh, he's, you know, some, some serious uh use of shadows and there's some street lamps in the background but you can't really see a lot because it's in the fog and it says and the fog whispers death oh oh fog oh well you said foggy i thought maybe they blew up foggy nelson and it was just if only you know. mm. <clears throat> so it's written by denny o'neill penciled by david mazzucchelli inked by david mazzucchelli Colored by Mezzicelli, excuse me, by Christy Scheel, and lettered by Joe Rosen, and edited by Ralph Macchio. Oh, so the synopsis, as provided to oh, us wait, not by, that, not not that Ralph Macchio. He's not doing the crane as he. Oh as wait, he it says special thanks to Frank Miller. Yes, there is a special thanks to Frank Miller, and I think that's based more or less on the kind of the tone that the book went to and. Mm. That this kind of built on that. That's my guess, but maybe he might have had something to do with the story. I don't know. So the synopsis reads, At 3 a.m., Matt Murdock gets a call for help from his former fiancée, Heather Glenn. Matt says he cannot find a cab at this time of night in the fog. Heather urges him to come to her as Daredevil. On the way, Daredevil hears a couple, Manny and Doris, in an argument. He does not intervene as he proceeds on to help Heather. He finds Heather unconscious from drinking. She wakes and continues to drink. She is not in danger. 
She just tells Matt that she's lonely. As Matt leaves, he sees a man walking and smoking a foreign brand of cigarettes. Matt doesn't investigate the man as he senses more trouble with Manny and Doris. He finds that Manny has fatally stabbed Doris. He punches out Manny and leaves him for the police. Matt knows that if he had ignored Heather's drunken call for help, Doris would still be alive. The next morning, Foggy calls Matt and tells him that Heather has hung herself in her apartment. Matt later investigates and notes that items from her safe are missing. He and Foggy recall how European businessman Silvio Giulio had inquired about buying patents from Heather when her father died. Using information from his informants, Grotto and Turk, Matt investigates and confronts Silvio and his bodyguards. He defeats them and captures Silvio. As they question the businessman at police headquarters, he admits to stealing the patents, but Heather had already struck, hung herself when the men had arrived. Later, Foggy gets a note Heather mailed to him wanting Foggy to tell Matt that she is sorry. Matt feels responsible. Foggy tells him that Matt is only guilty of not loving Heather as much as Heather loved him. Matt still feels his responsibility. Matt opens a window and lets in the fog. The tale ends with a quote from the Greek philosopher Socrates, written at the time of his suicide. So that's a pretty heavy story. Don't you think? Or you yeah, like, man. Or do you feel like killing yourself having heard it? <laughs> I don't want to joke about things like that right now. This is a pretty heavy book. It is, and it's it's very... There's sometimes I, for joking, and this is not it. Well, I apologize then. No, because okay. you're right. It, it is it is a subject matter. First of all, suicide is not a joking matter at all. It's uh, all too real, unfortunately. And this story, I think, presents it in a way uh, just to show kind of the helplessness on both ends, the helplessness the person feels, whether real or imagined, and the helpless of, helplessness of other people to know when the threats are real, whether when the threats are... You know, I guess you always have to take them serious because you never know when they're real. Well, uh, yeah, and, and I would say in this cho- this instance, Matt kind of, uh, I mean, he blames himself at, at the end, but, um, like, he's given a choice. He can either, like, he, with an equal weight, he doesn't know which one to choose, so he has to, that's why he went to go see Heather first. You know, I'm. You know, what I'm saying, right? I, I mean, mm-hmm. all things being equal, in these two instances, he's going to go to the person that you would think would have a more emotional connection to him. Uh, you know, because of, um, you know, and unfortunately, she ends up killing herself anyway. Well, it, it ends up both ways for for Matt, and and it's, it's well, yeah, part of the yeah, you know, let's pile on Matt thing that they did in Daredevil books. But, you know, the first time he, he does pay attention to her and that woman ends up dead because he isn't there to help her. Mm-hmm. And then the second time he isn't there to stop Heather. Yeah. So it's like damned if you do, damned if you don't. And he manages to do both of them. Right. And the, the art in this book is incredibly moody. And also a lot of zipatone in this because, you know, throughout the story, the, the city is, is blanketed in fog. So all the exterior shots have got a lot of zipatone going to, to great effect. And usually yeah, I feel like that, if you overdo it, it's too much. But, but that's in, not really what I, to me, that's not zipatone. Zipatone would be on the last page. 
the panel to the left were the little dots. Well, that's another form of it. It's, it's, complete... got, it's got different patterns. Oh, okay. Because to me, the other ones are just to where someone, you know, you've... you've it's not the uniform zip tone It's actually darker and lighter, giving you... Like, literally looking through fog to where you would see different objects are closer may have a different level of it gives it the illusion on of three dimensions on a two-dimensional paper with no detail like you would see through the fog like it kind of tricks your eyes like is that really as close as it is is that as far as it is well one of the shots the shot when he comes he comes walking out onto the roof and uh, right and it's, it's almost like it mimics his radar sense mm, mm, yeah well and i wonder you if you kind of see shapes well, you think the fog might be messing with his radar sense too, being how thick it is. It may limit oh, yeah. his. Uh, they they make know. mention of that when he. Uh, oh, that's right. When he's swinging over and he misses uh, one of his swings, and he says it's because of the, uh, the fog affecting his senses. Hmm. And you know this Heather Glenn character has been, you know, unfortunately been kind of creaming towards, you know, depression and kind of being unbalanced. Character? Isn't this the same character you and uh, in that run that you and Jay David covered, or am I thinking? No, no, that no, was no, that no, was no, actually that Foggy's younger sister. Oh, I can't because remember. I thought, her name. Business, I thought she had a business as too, like a company, and Matt would turn into a big raging dick and kind of. Or am I getting my people confused? I no, think I, I think you are because that was. The the girl that he's has some interest in in that book is Foggy's younger sister, Candace. No, I could have swore there was a woman whose father owned a company, and he was like a fiancé to her. Wasn't that in the Mandrill stuff? Or No, I think I mean, I think that is Heather Glenn, but not that Heather Glenn came along a little later. Hmm. She hadn't been introduced yet at that time. At, at that point, he was mostly well, maybe you guys uh, did, with may, the Black Maybe Widow. you guys covered another one. I don't know. It's or oh wait, I think it's Jay David's uh, the Daredevil podcast is what I was listening to. That's what it is. I think. Yeah, but I am All so right. ubiquitous that you just kind of imagined I was on there with him. You're 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 just everywhere. Paul is everywhere. Everywhere, everywhere, Paul is everywhere. And if you don't get that reference, it's from Davy and Goliath, and uh, not to be not to blaspheme because it was actually God is everywhere, and I don't think of myself in any way of of in in that kind of nature. But I just wanted to do the song. I was thinking more of the uh, the Mojo Nixon song. Elvis is everywhere. Now, in, in the Davy and, Goli and Goliath cartoon, he gets. Uh, He's on like a freight train, he gets stuck on it, and it's going, and he feels like he's all alone, and he opens up the door, and then you just hear, God is everywhere, everywhere, God is everywhere. So he doesn't feel so alone anymore once he realizes that. Elvis is everywhere. Elvis Paul has left the building. Everything. Paul, ladies and gentlemen, Paul has left the building. Anyway, so th back to back to the artwork in the story. Now, this, again, I think the story is terrific, but I also think the artwork is it's not it's it's very Frank Miller esque, uh, but it, it's it really does convey some terrific moodiness in here. Uh, you know, just very film noir. It's 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 got the moodiness, but it doesn't. Uh, it 
to me, it conveys the moodiness where the moodiness needs to be, not in every single panel. Like yeah. we have, you know, when he's in like a normally lit room, there's not like these weird shadows that just appear for really no apparent reason. You know what I mean, right? Yeah, no, exactly. No, I know exactly what you mean. The the moodiness is used to emphasize the mood of the particular scene. It's not just used for the sake of using it. So scenes that are more brightly lit don't need to have that moodiness, and they don't. But uh, you know, the, I love the sequence with the uh, with when the guy has the gun. And then it's he's he's surrounded in red, but then there's a yellow light from the, uh, you know, from the flare of of the gun being shot. Mm-hmm. It's just you know it's just really really well done. And then, uh, you know, like I said, it was or you you know, not it's not done to the same extent because it's interior, but still very very moody when he comes and finds Heather's body. Yeah. And this, you know, again, couldn't couldn't be too much more of a heavy subject matter. Just a little lighthearted Saturday morning uh, podcasting uh, topic <laughs> here. But you know, it, it, it's it just you know, I think about how comics were before the Marvel age of comics, and then you know, Stanley, you know, brought in kind of the soap opera elements. And then, you know, this just shows you the extent to which it matured because not only the subject matter, but just the way it's presented with, you know, basically where Matt can't win. Like I mm-hmm. said, when he goes to her, somebody dies. When he doesn't go to her, she dies. And then he almost feels a sense of relief because it seems that these people killed her. Mm. And then when he finds out that they didn't and that she actually hung herself, it's you know then the responsibility comes crashing down on him again. She dies, you die, they all die. And if you don't get that reference, go watch Heavy Metal. That's why I snickered a second ago when you said that. And Which I do, I know, I do like Foggy with his porn stash. <laughs> he does look a little less comical drawn that way. Hmm. I'm just thinking now of comparing this Foggy to the Foggy that was in the Daredevil series and was also in a couple other uh, episodes of other of the of the Netflix Marvel. I think this Daredevil is a couple of years older than that did. I mean, this this Foggy is a couple of years older than that Foggy. Yeah, yeah. This this Foggy was the uh, ADA at one or the DA at one time. Well, I know in the in the show he tried to run. He was he made a run for the DA position too. Yeah, against so. Blake Tower, who I think uh, ultimately got the job in in the comics as well. Mm. Yeah. Highly recommend watching that to anyone who hasn't seen it. Of the Marvel Netflix series, I think that's the best one, and uh, it managed to uh, to peak in the third season. I thought so. You know, definitely worth checking out. I just recently finished season two of Jessica Jones. It was a tough one, wasn't it? It was tough to get going, but once I got going, I was okay. The payoff will come in season three. That's all I'll tell you. Okay, well, I will get there. I'm almost through season one of Punisher now. Mm -hmm. 
And then I'm not sure what's next. Probably either Iron Fist or Luke Cage Season 2. And then I have Punisher Season 2. And then I'll do Jessica Jones 3 because that's the last one that came out. So I'll do that last. Yeah, I'm stuck like uh, in the middle of like in the first third of Punisher Season 2. Punisher Season 1 is kind of a slog. Yeah. It's, yeah. I can't say, you know, I'm getting through it and I feel almost, almost uh, I'm watching it out of uh, a desire for completeness, mm-hmm. but I'm not really, I'm not eating it up. It's not really doing it for me. Well, that's all I got left of the Netflix stuff is Punisher season two. I've watched everything else. Well, I'm, so. I'm, I'm making my way slowly through it all, you yeah. know, while I'm doing other stuff, but the, the three Daredevil seasons all were Top notch, as far as I'm concerned. Those are the three best Netflix seasons, in my Mm -hmm. humble opinion. So, uh, you know, again, it's it's almost so depressing. (laughs) What do you think of, uh, I guess, anything else to say on this one, or you want to just rate it and get on to some email? Um... Like some of the angles are really uh, uh, the the one in particular, the page. What is that? Page seven. Um, top panel, top left hand corner. The view from Heather's face. We're we're looking at like behind her eyeball or like from the side of her face, and she has tears running down as she's looking at um, at Matt in his uh, Daredevil costume. Like yeah, like the lighting. It's an extreme close-up. You can basically see her from just above her nostril to her brow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of good shots like that in here. Just a really, a very moody, like we said, very, very moody, very dark. Uh, yeah, let's just rate it. <laughs> and just just, to, just for, as, as another thought, uh, I know people have posted stuff on Facebook I've seen, uh, about you know when when people are feeling that hopeless, and uh, there are you know hotlines and different things, and you could reach out you know to a lot of people because I I just feel you know I, I I feel like it's just important to say if if it feels that hopeless it's probably not. So talk to people and and don't don't let it uh don't 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 make life worse for everybody else around you by taking you from them. Unless that's too heavy of a public service message. Uh, but it is, no, it is no, true. I, I think it's important to just say. Uh, now that said, uh, I think the cover is very cool. Uh, it's you know, it's not, not, the, not a high work of art because there's not a lot of detail in there, but it's just very moody, very cool. And... Uh, but it's it's the lack of detail that makes it better. Yeah, it like makes it, it moody. It, if this was just a regularly drawn, uh, you know, standard fare of Daredevil reaching out, this it wouldn't be as good. It would just be a regular, you know, just just like a pinup photo. Yeah. Well, this is. I mean, uh, it would even be pretty cool as a pinup, to be honest with you. Well, yeah, but but it's much better. Like the only thing that's in detail is his leg that's coming out of the fog, his hand, and that's really, and maybe a little bit of his head, and that's it. Everything else has got a, a a blur to it, or or just you know, obscuration by the fog. 
at some points even makes them look translucent or opaque. Look yeah. at that. Three big words in two sentences. Ding, wow. ding, 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 ding. Bill's the winner for the night. Yeah, I, I just think it's incredibly moody and really well done and kind of conveys the film noir aspect of the book, and I'm going to give it an A. Uh, the interior art, I'm going to say the exact same description of, and I'm going to give it an A. And the story, I'm going to give an A as well. I just think it's, you know, it's it's excellent. It's well presented. I think it captures some of the hopelessness that she's feeling, but it also captures the helplessness that he feels from it. So, mm. I, I have no, I agree 100% uh, in your rating on that, AA and A. Um, I just wanted to make one more uh, observation or actually a memory from back when I was in community college and uh, it was a psychology class and the instructor was you know we had got on the subject of grief and suicide and such and he said something about suicide that I never really thought of or quite understood and it, he didn't and when I say this it's going to sound flippant but it's not the way he meant it and then we discussed it for, for further in detail like the first thing he said, he says, suicide is the ultimate in conflict resolution. So think about that. Like that's that's the like somebody is, is so they cannot resolve this conflict that the only way they think they have out is to kill themselves. Yeah, because you know, they feel I, like everything I mean, is totally ho ho hopeless when the reality is it's not. It's not. You know, and but, then, but, but, but it that, feels that way. Think about, I mean, uh, you know, if, if we're assuming we're working with a mostly adult audience here, there are times when, you know, maybe you had too much to drink, whatever, and you think you see everything clearly, and then the next morning you wake up sober and you're like, what the hell was I thinking? <laughs> and and I don't want to, again, I don't want to make light of such a, a... Well, and your emotions can do the same thing to you. They can cloud your judgment or blind you to other solutions, and if you make a hasty decision, you should. You know, it's 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 not as bad as you think, or as bad as you see it. It's it's you know, it's it can be really hard. It's it's very you know, there's a lot of things in life that can really weigh you down. Uh, family, work, you know, things in your personal life. I mean, if you do have some type of addiction, you know, it's it's. Life isn't easy, but don't give up. So, I, I mean, when he explained it, I mean, it's such a simple way to say that, but I never thought of it that that's, you know, well, why do they kill, kill themselves? And he's like, death, he, he's like, suicide is the ultimate in conflict resolution. When you are, you know, when you are dead, you have no more conflict. You are at peace. And some people find that that's the only way they have out. And then we went on to discuss that in depth in the class and, you know. But it was still pretty, uh, it was kind of like a cold water in the face thing. You're like, oh, 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 I, I hadn't, you know, you know, oh, well, obviously there was something wrong with them. Why, why did they, you know, they were crazy. That's why they killed themselves, you know, but it's, you know, that's, no. Yeah, and, and again, I come to a point and then just babble on and it just drop off my point. But that's me. That's us. So, having brought everybody down, well, we're not going to bring them up with a with a, a lighthearted book. We're going to go right to some email. We're going to go right to real life. 
And uh. the first letter, if it actually opens, because our email box kind of sucks. I got it. I got it. It's a uh, immortal Superman. It's from Socrates. He's S. Alvarez the third, and this is back in. Holy cow! What? Oh well, this was forwarded. That's it says it's from June, but it's actually when he sent this was December. Ooh, I'm sorry, I didn't realize that was this old. Yeah, well, I, we haven't so done this, a lot of email reading goes, lately. Well, this one, no, 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 no. But this one goes to another account. That's why. See, this one goes to a separate account and then gets forwarded to this one, right? Yeah. Okay, so that's why we're late in getting this, and we apologize, Socrates. Good evening, back to the bins. I enjoyed your review of the... Oh, oh, sorry. I forgot we did two books that show. I thought it was only Immortal Superman. I'm like, Fraction Iron Fist. And I remembered, yeah, there was two. I enjoyed your review of the Fraction Iron Fist comic. I remember picking this up on a whim and really enjoying number one and later the series. I never knew too much about Iron Fist other than the post-Onslaught Heroes for Hire series and various team-ups. Iron Fist is pretty interesting. Can he beat down Shang-Chi? Uh, I don't think he can. I think Shang-Chi is is the martial arts top in the the Marvel Universe. Yeah, but isn't Iron Fist supposed to be like the embodiment of uh, all martial arts? Don't think of the Netflix series. I mean, I'm sure if they fought if they fought each other, which they probably have at some point, uh, it would be to a draw. Of course, but, yeah. but I believe that that Shang Chi is supposed to be the ultimate. But Shang Chi's the master of kung fu, right? Yes, you can well, tell from the title. Right. Well, duh. And isn't Iron Fist supposed to like know all martial arts, or am I just am I misunderstanding his origin? Like, I thought he knew, like, uh, or maybe he just knows a little bit I'm of I'm not sure exactly what form of martial arts they teach in Kunlun. I could I not tell know. you. But I just think that Shang-Chi is the ultimate. That's the, my understanding of it. That's that's as far as my knowledge goes. Well, we'll have to see in the future. Or look it up in the past. That's a good way to be non-descriptive. Anyway. On the topic of Neil Adams, it, it's, it's it's interesting to me how some veteran creators seem to improve with time, while others don't. I doubt 30-year-old Adams would have turned in anything like the Superman comic or Batman Odyssey. He probably needs a real editor to push out a better product. Uh, well, I mean, is an editor really going to criticize? Well, I guess they could criticize the art. I mean, usually to me, an editor is more about keeping the storylines concurrent with. No, but I think if the editor else, sees but, but yeah, something that that doesn't like, look like right, they'll send it back to wrong, be fixed. Like if there's something like a blatant misrepresentation re- of something. Oh, I think they might send it back if they just think it's poorly drawn. Say, so fix that. <laughs> mm, I don't know about that. Some of the sh- crap I've seen here. Well, I'm not. Sa- I'm not saying that their standards are all that high, but I think they can do that. It's what the kids want today. Just get it out, Charlie. Uh, okay. I'm, well, I'm just trying. To, I'm no. I'm just thinking about old, you know, younger Adams versus newer Adams. I mean, maybe he's lost a step in his art. Like I haven't really seen any 
just trying to because there was a couple things. There was been a he's he whoa, okay, my dog's barking at something. Uh wasn't there he was just did a couple covers I came across variant covers for certain books. I think it might have been some Justice League or some Batman. Um then on the surface at a first glance it didn't look bad. So I mean I don't know if he's really lost a step or or I know. yeah I don't think he's that bad. I I think one of the big things is that uh he needs probably more than he did in the past. So he, you he needs a strong he needs anchor. guidance. No, I just oh. think he needs a good anchor. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times when he anchors himself at least at this point and I I think it comes down to preference more than ability. He he keeps it, he seems to keep it much more loose than than what I'm used to, uh, like when he was inked by say Tom Palmer. Um, you know, you see a lot more like cross hatching and things like that. That that I, I you know, I would rather that it look cleaner. That's just my own personal preference, and I think I think a lot of artists prefer to not do that because it takes away some of the naturalness of the artwork by making the lines too thick and 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 clean where yeah like i kind of look at it this way too like if if you're doing the pencils and then you ink your own pencils i i i could you a mistake that you've done in your pencils you're going to ink over you may not catch and you know what i'm saying if there's something i, wrong I know what you're saying your but pencil, i think i think i think Neil Adams is an experienced enough artist that he guess. would catch his own mistake. Right. Or he could be so blinded by his own art style that he doesn't care. Or or that he just thinks it's fine that way. You know, he just yeah. likes it that way. He well, that's, because, that's his like, personal preference. I, I mean, because a lot of people cr- criticize Byrne when he inks himself. At least from what I remember. Mm-hmm. I could be... Um, because I always loved Byrne and Austin... And I'm trying to think uh, if, trying to think of anything I've seen Perez ink himself. Well, I guess a lot of his commissions, he's inked himself. And those u- usually look pretty good. But I always go back to, to again, Perez and Austin. Another good pairing. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that, that you're right. Sometimes your inker can get more out of the pencils. You and know, sometimes add, it's good to have a, to second, a second set of eyes looking at it. Mm-hmm. And and now you get the advantage of both, unless you have two people whose styles are so in conflict with each other that that's going to create the problem. Mm. Yeah. So, Alan, that was from Socrates Alvarez, S. Alvarez the Third. Thank you, sir. Sorry it took so long to get to you. So, but we didn't get this till June sixth, and it's now early September. <laughs> the the second email from. Uh, Socrates, which is dated May 19th, 2019. Well, this one's timely. And I had inquired about what people thought about assistant editors' time, which is now in the past, but Socrates had said, good evening. But wait, it's in the past, but it's in the future for us because we haven't heard it yet. Well, I've heard some of it already. Anyway, good evening, producer Dr. Bill and Scott. I think Assistant Editor's Month is fine if those hosts don't stray too far from the set format. My preference is the three of you. Dr. Bill is usually the cheery soul of the program. I'm sad that he's going through a rough patch. It happens to everyone at some point. Hope you feel better, Bill. Yes, I do. I've been away. I've 
Been collecting Conway and Perez JLA back issues recently. Those comics are great. How about taking an Avengers Spotlight break and doing a JLA Spotlight? Best regards, Socrates S. Alvarez. I have no problem at all with that idea. I would not mind no. covering, you know, some sort of some sort of long form story that they did in the JLA at some point. Well, we're kind of uh, coming up. If well, I to a have my JSA, we're kind of getting close to that, but not quite. Yeah, we're going to do and a JSA story. You know, it'll be a JSA and not a JLA. Jasa. Jasa, not Jala. Jalad and Tanagra. Uh, Jalad <laughs> and, and Jasa at Tanagra. At Tanagra. When Shakar, when the walls fell. Oh, uh, something arms open wide. <laughs> so we, we have another email uh, that, that I kind of called for. Uh, I had asked for some new people to chime in with opinions, and we got one from uh, Bill Hood in Louisville, Kentucky. And Who we thinks we didn't care to read his email, and we'll probably never email it again and stop listening. Yeah, because it took so long for me to read it. This is dated June 6th. Hey, guys, been listening for a long time now and frequently thought to write, but just never have. Love the show and how you guys pick at each other. The critiques on various aspects of the books are frequently something I agree with Paul on. Our tastes seem to run similar, and being 48 years old and reading, collecting, creating, and personally critiquing comics since I was six years old. I am actually familiar with or own most of the books you guys cover, and all the Avengers you shine a spotlight on. So keep up the debates and opinions, and when I disagree, you'll hear me yelling at you from my car. Always oh, listening, oh. Bill Hood, Louisville, Kentucky. Thank you, Bill. I appreciate the email. I appreciate your writing in to, to, to let us know you're out there, because sometimes we do wonder. You know, we, we hear from the same people frequently, and we appreciate them, and we appreciate their input. But it's nice to hear from some different people to know that we don't just have three listeners. Somewhere out there. And because it keeps Bill, Bill from singing so much. Bill Hood is listening in his car. He's yelling at us from Kentucky, Louisville, afar. <laughs> <laughs> You're my singing bitch. Sorry. <laughs> ah, Harlan Ellison. <laughs> you want to take that? Uh, yeah, whenever the email eventually decides to open up. <laughs> ah, here we go. Okay. This is from our buddy Brian Hughes. Dear Scott. Oh, hello. And my dog has just did his Lenny and Squiggy burst through the door. Walks in, sniffs a few things. There's nothing here. Move along. Move along home. Dear Scott and Paul. Oh. Oh, I am. Oh, that's right. I wasn't you on, were not on that one. Okay. I was like, I'm cut to the quick because it's about Harlan Ellison. I am really enjoying your discussion on Harlan Ellison's City on the Edge of Forever. Now, wait a minute. Let me time out. Were you guys going to do the whole series or just you just did we, one? We book? went back and forth on it, but we just did one issue. Okay. I was like, wait a minute. I, yeah, wait a minute. I don't remember anything else after that. One thing I would like to add to the discussion that crushes any argument Ellison had on the handling of the episode. When the episode won the Hugo Award for Best Dramatic Presentation, Harlan wasted no time in running to the podium and accepting the award. You know, we should do another show together. Brian Hughes, co-host of Third Degree Burger. Yes, we should do another show together. I agree. 
See if you can make that happen, Brian. Chop, chop. You, you let us know when. We'll, we'll work with you. But, uh, yeah, I, I think Colin Ellison, you know, God rest his soul, was a bitter old man. And from everything I could see, he was a bitter man when he wasn't even all that old. So, so much for that. The uh, next one, first long one of the bunch, is from mm. uh, Russell Bragg. We're still in June, by the way. Hi, guys. Your question really inspired me. Ooh, this came in on my birthday. Sorry. I've been when a loyal 50. listener since I found your show around episode 99, probably one of the Fraction episodes. I did go all the way back to episode number one, so I have heard all of the Back to bin, the Bins catalog. There have been many iterations of the show, but I think I enjoyed it most when you decided to do an indie, a DC, and a Marvel. But I will listen to any show you do, a Spotlight, an Avengers Spotlight, Score, etc., for other podcasts, I pretty much listen to an episode only when it's, there's a comic I like. I likes what I likes. <laughs> don't know if that's a movie quote. Maybe you guys do. No, it's close to Popeye. I yeah, am that's what, what I, I was thinking. Anyway, I will listen to the, your show no matter what comics you pick. I have made several comic book purchase, purchases based on comics you have read on the show. For instance, I bought The Red Menace and Captain America Patriot Trade. I believe Scott read those. I have the Fearscape trade, Fearscape trade in my wish list waiting to buy. I'm sure there have been others, like Avengers stuff. I've never been interested in before. I started listening to Avengers Spotlight. So to me, you guys are right on the beam. You don't need to change a thing. It is always up to you what to change, create, or whatever. I will listen no matter what. I did have a couple of ideas for material you could cover in the future. The first one might be the most difficult. I know for sure Scott will love this idea, but I don't know Paul's or Dr. Bill's like or dislike of it. I thought that since Tales of the JSA is more or less, or more, li more likely never coming back, why not do Crisis on Infinite Earths? Hmm. In my mind, mm. I would love an issue by issue, I would love issue by issue coverage. That way you would have 12 episodes that at least you know what topic you're doing. I might even consider coming out of podcast semi-retirement to do issue 7 with you. One of the Ooh. saddest comics I've ever come across. And they don't have to be in a row. Spread them out over time like you've done for other comic series. I know this saga would be a big undertaking but I truly love it and would love to hear your take on it. In terms of an indie, I got into the Back to the Future trade series that was put out by IDW and written by Bob Gale, co-creator of the Back to the Future movie franchise. They were great. I think I remember one of you guys talking about maybe doing a show about Back to the Future covering the comics and all, like you did with Planet of the Apes. Finally, I would love to hear coverage on any comics covering the real Superboy, Superman when he was a boy, or the real Supergirl, Supergirl Superman's cousin Linda Na Danvers died during the crisis, is fine by me. Two of my favorite comic characters. Sorry to be longer winded than usual. Hopefully I gave you some good ideas. It's not too far off, but I see issue 400 on the horizon. Do you have any plans yet? No, not yet. Oh, crap. Uh, How far away is see, that? Uh, it's like about 10 issues or so. 10? Holy 10 episodes, rather. I wanted to state right here that I appreciate the time you take out of your busy lives to do this podcast. I know the time and effort it takes to get an episode out and to do it every week is amazing to me. I am very appreciative and hope you continue for many years to come. Thank you for keeping me entertained at work. Rusty Bragg, Clarksburg, West Virginia. Hmm. A lot of things in that. Uh, a lot of things that might happen. 
or that are in the process, uh, not really, uh, we've just, we've dabbled. I mean, we're dipping our toe like into the JSA with upcoming stuff. Uh, and Scott's still doing, um, he put out a new, I've got a few things to say about Superman, which, uh, covered a little bit of Superboy, a little bit of the Phantom Zone. Um, I don't know. Uh, things are top secret as of right now. I cannot say anything else. I do not want to spoil anything. Is that a good good save there, Paul? I know nothing. Exactly. Clink, what is this man doing here? So, you want to get a, a Kyle Benning one in? Uh, if it will load, loading, loading the pages, loading. So actually, wait a minute. So if because uh, wow. the latest episode that came out today was three eighty three, uh-huh. so we've got a few more than ten, but we don't know how many uh, assistant editor. Uh-huh. Hmm. So this couldn't be episode four hundred, could it? No. Nah. Nah. Too soon. Alright, Kyle Benning. Ben's feedback. This is from June 28th of this year, year of our Lord, 2019, at 6.12pm. <laughs> Suddenly I was going like a dragnet thing. Dun, 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 Kyle Benning sent us an email. Hey guys, I'm fine. Oh, this is Ben's feedback. Duh. Hey guys, I'm finally getting back up, caught back up on episodes. I've really enjoyed the mix of content and approach in recent episodes. I love the traditional format of bins, but I understand that sticking to an old format can become somewhat tedious to record. The thing I enjoy about bins is the passion for comics and the conversation back and forth between the crew. So I'll take that any day, regardless of the content within the show. Whatever... Uh, whether it be a brand new comic or one 80 years old. Well, thank you. The City on the Edge of Forever episode between Paul and Scott was a great listen, and I and I continue to enjoy Paul and Bill's episodes covering Fearscape. I'm glad you guys spotlighted that series. I've been picking it up and really enjoy it. And just like how you guys get more out of each issue by breaking it down and discussing it on the podcast... I, too, get an enhanced understanding of each issue after listening to you guys break down. Break it down, Bobby B. (laughs) Keep up the great work, Paul, Bill, and Scott. You're doing fantastic work and continue to be a hilarious and entertaining listen each and every episode. Thank you, Kyle Benning. Well, thank you, sir. And we, uh, we enjoyed our Fearscape discussion. At least two out of three of the hosts did. (laughs) (laughs) Um, have we heard more from the uh, author? Anything lately? He did accept my friend, my uh, Facebook friend request, but Ooh. never, never actually heard from him. Oh well, then you you might be able to stay uh, abreast of uh, when he comes out with something new. Yeah, with any cool. sweet, cool. So, the uh, next e- email from Kyle is our last June email. So All right, I think that's be to July by that point. So why don't we do that one, which is dated June 29th, and it's also from Kyle, as I said. Uh, and he says, "Hey guys, I really enjoyed the roundtable discussion around Comic Con issue uh, woes. 
It was a hilarious and engaging discussion. Maybe this could become a semi-regular feature. I have a few con stories myself that are doozies. Maybe if it works out to come back on and be a guest, I could share a couple of them then. Anyway, thanks for the fun listen this morning while I'm finishing building some shelving units for my basement. I can't wait to hear what you cover next week. Thank you, Kyle Benning. Now, we do have plans to have Kyle on when we finally get around to doing our top five Looney Tunes slash Merry Merry Melodies cartoons. Uh, But that's probably not the right forum to go through some uh, Comic-Con stories. So we may have to have Kyle on more than once. Oh, and that's fine. That's, you know... I, I, I don't think we. Uh, I, I mean, yeah. If we just wanted to have one about con stories, because that was more like a. Uh, we were more whining about cons. That was a I get mean, off my I, lawn cast, no question. Yeah, that was a get off my con cast, kind of. You know, but I mean, I've had good good experiences at cons, so yeah, yeah, we could talk about just con stories in general and not slamming a con. Well, as we're recording this, it's the beginning of September. Early in October, I will be going to New York Comic Con. Perhaps after that would be mm. a good time to have, to do some more con talk. Con! Oh, see, yeah. You were waiting for that. New York Conanian Sing. <laughs> I guess that's before and after in, on Jeopardy. <laughs> do you want to call it on that and save the rest of the email for later, or do you want to do any more? Ooh, uh, ooh, uh, <laughs> we have an email in here. I'm just looking. I think we should hit this one. We have okay, an email I'm in wh- here on, on Rus- I'm Rusty wh- on, <sighs> on episode 300. <laughs> Hold on. It just kicked me all the way back out. So I'm, okay, I'm going I'm to read that one then while wait, you go wait, back I, in. I got to check. Uh, they pulled me back in. Come on. What are you doing? Thank you. There we go. Episode 300. Oh, you're going to skip a couple? Yeah, just because I think they're out of order. They're all out of order. Out <laughs> of order. <laughs> okay, I just wanted it so I could read along. Okay. All right, Hi, I'm guys. Back. Great episode as usual. I wasn't really sure what you were going to do for this epic episode, but it worked for me. Bill talked about the comic series he was able to complete lately, so I decided to go through my database and figure out which series I have completed. The most recent was the 1986 Secret Origins and All-Star Squadron. I have a complete run of the all-new Collector's Edition, Limited Collector's Edition, and Famous First Edition Treasuries. That's awesome. I love those. Mm. The Charlton Six Million Dollar Man and Bionic Woman, Four Star Mm. Spectacular, Savage She-Hulk, The Super Friends, both Supergirl series, The New Adventures of Superboy, and the Superboy series that is based on the TV series. Superman Family and Batman Family. Do you have the whole Superman Family back when it was Jimmy Olsen? I'm thinking you just have from when it turned to Superman family because the Jimmy Olsen books go way back. Uh, and, of course, DC Comics Presents. Now I'm working on DC Digests and Marvel Treasuries. As for my top five moments of Back to the Bin, that's very hard. You guys have made me laugh. You have made me think. You have made me buy comic books. I may not be able to count five of them, but I know one of your funniest moments was when Scott got into an actual argument with Siri. I'm pretty sure she won. Bill's Arnold moments, dueling Arnolds, Bill's songs and synopsises, and Paul always trying to get the show back on track. <laughs> I wouldn't call this my top five, so I won't. It's just too hard. Know that I'm always listening and always enjoying. Thank you so much for keeping me entertained and being my friends. 
Russell Bragg, Clarksburg, West Virginia. Thank you for always listening and being our friend, Russell. You're like our own personal Siri. <laughs> Whatever that means. <laughs> you get in an argument with Scott <laughs> and win. Of course, it doesn't take much. I mean, we are talking about Scott. Well, I think, you know, when I think of Scott arguing with Siri, it's like, you know, the poor man's Captain Kirk with uh, Nomad. <laughs> oh, I still love from the Burning Earth one when, I'm, when I'm, I'm like, do you realize you are the reason we're all going to die? Because you are the person that is arguing with the computer and is going to piss it off. And they're just going to go, you know what? Screw these meat bags. <sighs> so... <laughs> At that, on that note, do you want to uh, call it, or do you want to read any more? I'll leave it up to you. Well, I have to... Waiting for the screen to load, screen to load, screen to load. Waiting for the screen to load. And as soon as it loads, I hit the button, and there we go. Okay. Well, we've got one, two, three, four, five. We have six left. Five of which are from Rusty. Hmm. No, I count... Uh... Go ahead. Two oh, no, no, Kyle. excuse me, four from Rusty, two from Kyle. Yes. My uh, mistake. I stand corrected. You were right, Bill, and I was wrong. You may want to cut that, that sound clip. I don't know who clip. Bob is, but he's marking that tape right now. If this was listed to the prophets, it would be Dave. But we don't, the Dave's not here. But I'll do the uh, the Kyle Benning from July 6th. Burning Man. Oh, Burning Man. Wait, wait that's a different thing. Burning Earth 3. And I'm waiting for the computer to load. Computer? Thank you. There we go. Burning Earth 3. Man, this book sounds weak. <laughs> Just finished listening to the latest episode of Terminator Burning Earth number 3. Sounds like so far that I'm not missing much by not having read this series, especially this issue. As far as caring about the human characters, my first exposure to the Terminator franchise was Terminator 2, where Arnie is the good guy. So working backwards to the first Terminator movie, my draw to the movie was still Arnold. And so, I guess I have always found myself rooting for him and hoping he wipes out <laughs> Sarah and Kyle. <laughs> I know that sounds bad, but I come to the Terminator franchise to see some terminating. So I guess what I'd want out of the series would 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 be to see some over-the-top killing by the Terminator, a la Punisher Max. Maybe that's just me. Hmm. Like a Terminator Max series. That's kind of interesting. Hmm. As for Looney Tunes, I would love a Looney Tunes show and would be happy to be a guest. It's almost like we've already discussed this somewhere. Like I've heard this recently. The best part, the best best part of Back Alley Operar is the scene where Elmer puts the alum in the milk, causing Sylvester's head to shrink. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just thinking of this. Too. My my personal fate for an opera theme short was. Has definitely got to be the rabbit of Seville. <laughs> what would you want with the wabbit? Can't you see that I'm much sweeter? I'm your little senorita. <laughs> as far as Franco Colombo goes, he was my uh, he was a friend. He was a friend by rival of Arnold's on the bodybuilding. I circuit. think that's supposed to be friendly rival. That oh, somehow friendly. Oh, probably okay, autocorrect yeah, screwed him over on that. Yeah, that damn. See, it's these computers. Terminators. 
how the how the Mr. Olympia bodybuilding contest works is that there is a heavy heavyweight and a lightweight class, and then the champion of each class square off for an overall champion to be crowned Mr. Olympia. Franco often won the small class while Arnold won the big class, and then he lost to Arnold for the overall championship twice. He ended up winning the overall Mr. Olympia title the first year after Arnold retired from bodybuilding to pursue his acting career. Another great episode, despite the less-than-stellar material. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Yeah. <laughs> Kyle Benning. <laughs> Thank, thanks for podcast. I, yeah, I think, yeah, anyway. Yeah, we're, happy just, to, we're happy to listen. Yes. Well, maybe he's thankful that he gets to listen. Maybe that's what he's mm-hmm. saying. I don't think yeah, so, yeah. but that sounds good. Maybe even thanks for reading, Kyle Benning. Yeah, we'll just say that. Yeah, that too. But All right, and now we have five emails. And then there were five. five. Uh, 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 uh. Oh, and one came in. Oh, I haven't read that top one. But I guess we'll save that. We're, we're, we've caught up a little bit. All right, we can... We can get back to email next time after we do another book. Cause I, don't, I, I, hate to, I hate to overload too much with email because I know some people aren't big email fans. Because a lot of people already went, Ugh, I'm out. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. But those of you who are still listening, thank you. And those of you who are writing in, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, one and all. All right. And we'll see you next week, everybody. Did I leave the oven on? Thank you so much for listening to our show, and we hope you'll continue to join us each and every week for more good old-fashioned comic book back-issue awesomeness. You can contact Back to the Bins to leave feedback, comments, questions, suggestions, and criticisms via email at bins at twotruefreaks.com or by joining the Back to the Bins group on Facebook. Back to the Bins is a proud affiliate of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network which you may find at www.twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is a registered trademark of DiManzo Corps of Milan, Italy. All rights reserved. Please take a moment to stop by the twotruefreaks.com site and check out their many other fine podcasts, won't you? Thanks, and we'll see you next week. So, oh, so what is this? Back to the bins? Where are we? We are back to the bins. We are back to the bins. Bum, 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 bum. No, that doesn't work, does it? Not really. Wait, wait. we are binsers. Bum, 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 bum. Like we are farmers. I, I did figure that one out. <laughs> well, I wanted to make sure that you, you know, you knew what I was talking about. But the bum, 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 bum doesn't go well, does it? Goes wonderfully. Yeah. Well, then that's it. That's our new theme. All right. You just, you know. We are binsers. Bum, 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 bum. That will be a uh, a bumper. <laughs> no, really? That's all I have is a big giant bumper for you. Bumper boy. <laughs>